But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, that that <laughs> free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Uh, this is the 9x9. Nine nine. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. My name is Rob St. Clair in Chicago, joined by Everett DeLorme from north of the border in Toronto. And Everett, I'm very pleased to announce that I'm still alive. Uh, I'm still alive. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that uh, my own, my very own life, my livelihood was at serious risk there for a moment, uh, as we'll get into, but I'm still alive and here we are doing a show. So that's good news. Yeah, I would, I would have had to retire from the internet. The memes would have just been too much for me to overcome. That's right. A week from today, we'll be doing a show after the gold medalists are crowned. It's going to be pretty crazy, but there's still a lot of volleyball to be played between now and then. And you know what? I thought every, we were going to go in chronological order uh, based on yesterday, then today. Let's not. Let's start with the USA. Let's start with the USA. Oh, boy. Oh, my uh, my bad, Everett. I, ha I had you muted there for a second now. Oh. I think I, everything is all good now, so... Uh, the people should be able to hear you. It's okay. We were just commiserating about how I almost passed away, and now uh, everything is fine, and you can all hear Everett just fine. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the USA almost getting reversed swept by Turkey, but uh, we got away with it 15-12 to 12 in the fifth. The set scores were 25-21, 25-17. Looked like we were doing great there. Then Turkey had turned it around 22-25, 19-25, and then 15-12 for the United States in the fifth. Uh, the Discord was was explosive. I had to I had to put my phone away and like turn off the Discord in the fifth set. I you, you, you I felt the other side. It. You felt the other side of it, didn't you? I did. I did for a real second there. Uh, yeah, good joke in the chat. I found a new way to talk over you. Nope, my bad. I, I thought I pressed unmute. It didn't work. <laughs> and at, at one point too, I forget it was uh, one of our our Finnish friends was commenting. He was like, "It's always funny how our uh, North American friends get so triggered when their friend when their teams are get knocked." out and i was like yeah it's funny because our teams are actually in the tournament so Ooh. that was that was that was me backing you up there because i know i know the fire that can come on to you when your team is losing on on the discord yes uh when your team's losing on the discord it's not a very fun place to be but otherwise the discord is a very fun place to be so you're going to want to join that the link's in the description uh ever let's get into this uh usa versus turkey it was really kind of a tale of two teams first two sets I thought we looked perfectly fine. I mean, 25-21, 25-17, that's about what we expected. We um, kind of knew the scouting report on Turkey. I mean, we saw what happened versus Canada. We saw um, Turkey play in pools. We saw a good team like Italy, how they played that matchup, beat them 3-0. Uh, I thought we did a good enough job against Adis Lagumja early. Then there, the, the turning point to me was that very confusing, to say the least, call in the third set. TJ DeFalco and Jeff Jendrick stuff blocked Lagumja on the right side. 
the ball went so straight down off to Falco's right arm that it went into the top of the net tape, which is something that we see all the time, and then it hit the floor. And it was called USA's point. Turkey had challenged for a net violation, and we saw the review. To me, it couldn't have been more clear that the ball hit the tape after the block, and neither of the players on the United States side were anywhere close to the net. But somehow, the, the, the video replay overturned that and called the net violation that was not there. And that really kind of swung the momentum of the match. It, at least that that was about the point where it turned. I, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm not going to blame that for the USA losing the following two sets, but that was about the point where it turned. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was so anticlimactic the first two sets that I wasn't even watching. Right, like I had the AVP Chicago on on my big TV. I just had the the game on the laptop. Was hanging out lazy Sunday after morning and afternoon. Like let's watch some volleyball. It was a great time. And then. You know, Sam, my girlfriend, looks over. She at one point she goes, "Oh man, the U.S. is really losing." I looked over. I was like, "What is going on here?" And then you know, just as I watched, and I was just like, "Okay, like they're just going to drop this set. They'll bounce, uh, bounce back in the fourth. But Turkey started going. Like they started running. Their their entire team team started playing. Legumja was making some incredible shots. Uh, and it, it 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 had me nervous. It it had me nervous. I am a de facto USA fan now. That now that my team is out um so you know always got to cheer for the north seek team um but so yeah it, it 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 had it had me nervous watching that one yeah my heart rate was through the roof uh i gotta give Otis Lagumja a ton of credit man 31 points 29 for 58 attacking uh so 50 percent kills on huge volume i i don't even know if namir has had 58 attempts in a match yet this tournament that's a big number uh 379 efficiency for Lagumja, and i was impressed by his range i've always kind of thought of him as a line hitter he's kind of a high line guy wrist away like a he'll, he'll hit line he'll hit langle like he'll hit really to the outside of the outside blocker i think most of the time or high off hands but he was ripping balls inside the block cross court he was he was lighting it up from two to two even out of the back row like inside two blockers really putting balls away clean until i mean Sparas said it after the second set timeout. We're like, well, this this Lugumja guy is really good. I think we could do a better job slowing him down. If there's one way Turkey's going to get back into it, it's going to be on his shoulders. And obviously it was. there In situations when everybody knew where the ball was going to go, that's what a great opposite can do against three guys in front of you. He can still score points. And I, it was crazy because, I mean, I, I knew, you knew, everyone watching knew who the ball was going to. Got six hands up in front of him, and he was still scoring. And he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, actually, team-wise, the two team offensive efficiencies on the match, 338 for the United States, 343 for Turkey. So very close, but I think technically that's a that's a superior offense that Turkey ran, even with Micah Christensen back. I was surprised by that. Superior offense or just one player? Because you look at it like Subazi and Gungor on the, on the left side had less attempts together combined uh, than Legumja, right? And combined, they have uh, combined 23 points compared to Legumja's 31. Like, they weren't doing, like... It was one of those one of those scenarios, and you know I remember uh, in times talking about some of the great players like Hector Soto, and it, it's kind of like one of those things like you can mark an X where uh, um, X on the spot where exactly where they're going to hit every single time, but that doesn't mean you're going to dig it, and that doesn't mean you're going to stop it, and that's exactly what Legumgia was was today. Like he was a one one man wrecking wrecking crew, but big ups to the rest of the Turkish team to kind of rally around around him and provide that support uh, that support kind of a la, a la Netherlands. Yeah, I agree. I, I was impressed by Turkey. I think once they get 
the outside hitters that they have that are not healthy right now, once they get like F.A. Mandaraja, F.A. Byram back, the team's going to be really, really good. And they, they, they deserve a lot of credit for, for pushing the United States to five. But, I mean, back thinking about my team, boy, was I scared about this. Oh, man. Uh, I, Matt Anderson, once again, not particularly good. He was subbed out in the fourth set. Uh, TJ DeFalco struggled with a couple too many attacking errors kind of after that that call uh, that call in the third set that went against him personally. And I actually texted him after the match. He said he, he was he's still mad about that call like to this very moment. He's uh, uh, I'm glad he'll have like three full days to get over that before our next match because it seemed like the guys were kind of rattled by that. But you know who wasn't? David Smith. David Dude. Smith led, led, led the team in scoring 17 points, 14 for 18 attacking, sky-high efficiency, and three stuff blocks. What a monster. Dude, first and foremost, do you remember after the uh, 2021 um, uh, Champions League finals when Smith was getting subbed off for Reno in, in, in the finals, and we were just kind of like, you know what, Smith's kind of done. Like I, and then I remember he turned around and signed a, another two-year contract with Zaxa, and I was like, "What's he doing? Like, what's Zaxa doing? Like, Smith is washed. He's over the hill. I don't know." And he he wasn't that fantastic for for Team USA last year. I think he was pretty good, but something happened to David Smith over the summer. I don't know if he got like an Iron Man transplant, maybe you know a little bit of Captain America booster uh, in him. Like I, I I've seen him dress up as Captain America before for for his son and and stuff like that. But David Smith was he was the go to guy. Anytime in the fifth set when they needed to kill, they were going to David Smith. Micah was forcing him off the net, and he was just killing the ball. What has happened to David Smith? Like, like seriously, like it has just been unbelievable to watch. Like, hands down, the best American today for sure. We got to check those hearing aids for some performance enhancing drugs or something. Seriously, man. like, yeah, what's the, going on? The, like, the dude's remarkable. Uh, he was great. He blocked a couple very, very clutch balls. There was a huge one against Lagumja in the fifth set that he roofed straight down. That. Well, a point that we really needed. And then he served the ball well, too. I think it because it was 12-12, and we ended up 15-12. I think, I think that was on Smith's serve, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, somebody fact-checked me on that in the chat. But he... Uh, and, yeah, it was. It was Smith's, it was Smith's serve. You're, you're right. At uh, Oh, yeah, we're looking at it in the score. So, yeah, he yeah. Uh, side out and went back and put two really good serves in. The, the dude's awesome. And a huge, huge asset in the middle for the U.S. We probably wouldn't have gotten this one done in the end without him also got to credit eric shoji again i wish we had better stats for liberos we've got to get 100%. some got to Absolutely. get better stats for liberos but uh his passing percentage just has to be off the charts he's the only guy that can really absorb the best serve from any team any player and at least give you a chance and although uh, turkey had zero aces for the match which i was surprised by but towards the end of the match uh, we, we kind of struggled to pass the ball inside the three meter line. Uh, there was there was a lot of shaky reception moments there, and we even saw Garrett Mwangatusi start the fifth set. Which, as soon as I heard that, I was about to throw my phone out the window. That was absurd. Can we uh, talk? Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. You know, like we saw we saw TJ come out in the in the fourth. Um, I would have thought that they would have brought TJ in to start to start the the, the fifth. You know, at least so that you, if he's struggling, like still struggling, uh, still service isn't there, then you can bring Malgutia in. But like there was a point where like Garrett was making errors and he was two horrible, horrible two. recycle balls right into the middle of the block. And got yeah, ab- absolutely. And it was like, what are they doing? They show TJ on the sidelines. It's like, why are they not bringing in DeFalco there? Is that is that a worry to you that, you know, you're you're going off to the bench, you're going away from one of your best players in the fifth set like that? 
I am concerned about that because there's a point in the chat. Anderson was the man in the fifth set, and he was. He was. I, I wouldn't he was. say he was very good throughout the whole match. He got benched no. in the fourth. But like you do to your guy, you bring him back in to start the fifth set. You get a feel for early in that set what you're going to get out of him. And if it's good, you feed that man. That's exactly what we did. Let me see if I can pull up uh, Anderson's numbers for f- the fifth set alone. Yeah, five points. Uh, he was our best scorer uh, in the fifth set, and we needed him to be. And he had a clutch ace serve as well. That's exactly what I wanted to see happen to TJ DeFalco. TJ DeFalco is going to be our guy, uh, whether it's now or whether it's in the pretty near future. He's going to be the guy. And because we put Magatutia in there, we put ourselves then into two or three very bad rotations when he was in the front court. We struggled to side out of those rotations when he was in the front court. And uh, that's exactly like you're saying. You put TJ in. If his serve receive is shaky, maybe you make the move. Uh, but I thought that that, was, that, that exchange... We, came out negatively for us um, losing a couple very bad attack points on Magatutia's end that uh, I think TJ DeFalco, despite a rocky sets three and four, he would have made better plays there. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, looking at his at, at his at his points, he scored four points in the first, four points in the second, and then only two points in the third and no points before in the fourth beat being pulled off um and that's kind of when when he started started to struggle but still his numbers weren't weren't terribly bad nine nine for 14 with with uh or sorry no sorry nine for 26 with with three that's, errors that's not so good <laughs> yeah that's that, that's actually not so good i was reading that stat line wrong there for a second so maybe he just he just wasn't feeling it but uh yeah i would have liked to see spara because as, as you're right he's one of your guys and he's going to be one of the guys for the future if not the guy so let's let him work through these situations in in this one but at the same time Maybe growth isn't necessarily the best place to happen at, in the, the round of 16 of the World Championship. I agree with that, uh, but I do think that he would have given us the best chance to win. Regardless, uh, the USA does survive 15-12 in the fifth. We move on, and uh, now we get the matchup that everyone kind of wanted to see. Uh, any, anything else about the USA match before we move on to the, the other side of the bracket there quickly? No, just that I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy you guys won. Uh, Micah looked really good in, in this one. Great. He didn't he didn't look hindered uh, whatsoever, which is Dude, which the play that, play that he made on match point. Oh, my God. The, um, that the, match point was ridiculous. Geez. Yeah. Uh, the dig by Anderson, like a diving, sprawling, like layout one hander from Micah that ended up being a perfectly hittable ball for Aaron Russell. Uh, that was sick. Uh, so great way to win it. And it is good to have Micah back, and everyone was freaking out, but I said on the last show that I really didn't think that his tournament was over, uh, and it's not. And so now we get three full days off before we play again in the round of eight on Thursday, and you can tell, or you would think that he's going to get even healthier in that time. Hopefully. Hopefully he just goes back to the lazy boy, gets the Normatec out, just does some icing, stays off it, right? Like, he doesn't need reps. You know, he doesn't need to stay warm. He doesn't need to do morning serve and pass. Just let the man rest. Just let the man get a little bit of load management and get him ready for Poland against uh, against Poland on Thursday, because, you know, that match is going to be an absolute banger. You're going to be playing out. You're going to be playing in front of a rabid sold out Polish, Polish, uh, Polish fans. And everyone in that gym knows that this is the real rematch, right? Pool play doesn't really matter. If you don't have Micah out there, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, the Chicago Bears don't don't. Uh, celebrate when they beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. The same thing if we're beating Team USA without without <laughs> Micah Christensen, right? So Thursday, Thursday, everyone in the volleyball world knows it. That's right. Uh, yeah, eleven thousand spectators for the Polish match tonight versus Tunisia, and yeah, I would think that on Thursday it's going to be even higher. So let's talk about that really quickly. Uh, Poland three zero Tunisia twenty five twenty twenty five fifteen twenty five twenty. Not really anything surprising here. Nothing really to talk about. Uh, 
Poland had nine aces and five blocks in three sets. That's a lot. Poland hit 44-41 as a team. And uh, Tunisia, not bad. Uh, they made some good plays at points. I was actually really impressed by their libero play. But it was never going to be enough. They were never going to beat Poland. This is just a formality. Yeah, 100%. Semenik, pretty good in this one. 11 for 16, only one fault, right? Just continuing that that stellar play adds a block, a block and an ace in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, Poland just just looks so good. Obviously, they're not getting the the matchup that the USA had in, in round one, but they, they, took, they took care of business and that's what they needed to do. I don't really think there's any much more to say about it. <laughs> no, 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 not really. I, I mean, this one was fun because I got to learn some of the, the Tunisian guys. That's about it. That's, sure. that's all and, I know from this one. Again, I, I was rather impressed by Tunisia given the situation. We weren't expecting them to beat Poland. I wasn't I mean, expecting uh, them to take a set. But there, there were some moments of pretty good volleyball in there at points. 100%. And I mean, like, I hate to say it, but I think Tunisia had a better showing than Canada would have. Right? No, given given what we saw at Team Canada throughout this World Championships, trust me, it kills me to say this. Eating me up on the inside. Uh, but yeah, I think T- Tunisia just had a better showing than, than than Canada would have. On paper, I think we're a much better team, but Tunisia came to play and we didn't. Yeah, fair enough. A reminder that Tunisia even got to play this match and Canada went home by a margin of two points. Dose. Uh, two points on the volleyball court and uh, Tunisia gets the privilege of a participation cookie against Poland. And uh, but that's it. So Poland versus USA on Thursday. Huge match. We'll break down that preview on Tuesday's show. So we don't need to spend that much time about it here. Uh, Everett, is it time for the other side of the bracket? Yeah, let's uh, let's jump over it. Yesterday's matches were a little bit more interesting. I, I mean, in in general, uh, no, no, no five setters. Started with Slovenia versus Germany. And I mean, we saw Slovenia absolutely pump the Germans in pool play. Sucks that they I, I would love would have loved it that they had made a clause where like, you can't match up with the same team from your pool because like that just sucks for everyone that Slovenia and Germany had to play um, uh, once again. But Slovenia, Germany looked good, but at the end of the day, Slovenia had the, held their own. Slovenia held their own. I thought, I thought they played great. Again, 11,000 fans in the crowd. Dude, the, yeah. the atmospheres for the home teams in both sides this tournament have just been off the charts. And I wish that they, I wish that, that would be the case for every match of every team instead of just the home teams. But uh, when it happens, it's it's pretty magical to see some of these home crowds. Uh, set scores here, 25-18, 25-19. Then Germany grabbed one, 25-21. Slovenia took the fourth, 25-22. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Germany hung in there fine. Um, the, the real difference in the stat sheet for me was 12 unforced hitting errors from Germany. And that's not including being blocked 10 times. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could tell that the Germans just couldn't handle the pressure. They just don't have that one guy to go to Weber was back in this one with a severely taped up hand Dude, I mean, that thing how can looked, you play with that that I thing looked you like a, hand contact. a club especially to the way he ca- carves the ball like he's not too much of a club hitter he loves carving that ball he comes around that ball so he can hit it low on underneath the uh the block and go go that sharp that sharp cross from from the right hand side so i thought it was severely hindering him uh, in this one but he still looked not bad out there with seven, 17 points um overall stat line of, of 15 for for 36 but nine errors nine yeah. errors is, is is where that that wad of tape on his hand really hindered him yeah and i mean i, I give him credit for at least going out and trying to play his team needed him to they were they were a different team in pool play when we saw them kind of run three outside hitters they were just never really going to get anything done there but yeah I, I couldn't believe that he could even make hand contact i remember in college i did something similar i jammed my thumb real bad and was like wearing tape on it around my thumb and around my wrist and i could not make hand contact on the ball make it spin make it go anywhere i wanted to so i couldn't believe he could even 
like hit the ball on the court sometimes. Uh, but yeah, Slovenia at home, they were awesome. Uh, Clemen Chebel uh, led the match in scoring 19 points, 14 kills, two blocks, three aces. Uh, Tine Earnout on his birthday, 45% efficiency. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, Slovenia hit 300 as a team. I thought it actually might have been a little bit better than that, but Germany uh, just barely over 200 as a team. And yeah, I think Slovenia was better. Uh, we even got to see a little bit of Rok Mozic in the fourth. And Germany is kind of in an identity crisis mode. They need that guy. They, they just need that guy. And it's got to be Weber. And it, it's, he's got to be healthy. And he wasn't. Yeah. And the reality is, is that after watching Weber now in the Super League a little bit and getting to see him live in person in Ottawa, like, you know, they're taking such a big step back with Weber after Gregor uh, Grosser. And I think that it has to be said. But you know what, when you look at especially the left sides on that German roster, they're just all lateral moves. Sure, each one brings like a different a different step, but no one is, is truly a head above the rest, um, which is a little which is a little interesting uh, for, for that German, German roster. Yeah, that's well said. And they, they really used all four of them. We saw Reichert, we saw Schott, we saw Fromm, we saw Karlicek, like yeah. all really pretty interchangeable. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. They're, they're all a little bit of a different play style. But none of none of them is really a level above any of the others. I think they're all like B tier, like global players at best. And then the middles, like uh, I'm, I'm, I still don't understand why Florian Kraga is playing over Lucas Massa in the middle on this team. Both Kraga and Creek made these just like dumb, brain dead, like head scratching errors some of the time. Like uh, Kraga hit a couple serves this tournament that are probably still flying through the air as we speak. I wonder if that has anything do with Massa's you know wanting to play right side or the fact that he's traditionally been a right side maybe he was he was slotted in like but then at the same time like they didn't even use him on the right side they had Karlicek on there. exactly so it was it was interesting R- Rob before we get to the, the the last matchup with Cuba and Italy uh Ryan mentioned something in the chat here that I, I kind of want to discuss but he's like at least Canada doesn't lose any world ranking points for losing this match and dropping for farther what do we think about that for like a team like Tunisia and a team like Germany that had the same amount of of, uh, that's a same record as Canada, even though like technically they might lose more points by going further in, in the tournament because they have one more game to lose and thus more minus points on, on their rankings. Ah, that's such a good point. So Tunisia, the, the world rankings are already updated. Tunisia is still ranked 19th in the world. Uh, they did lose 1.4 points today for losing to Poland. And under the new system, uh, the only thing that gets you points is winning or losing matches. Mm-hmm. Where you finish in a tournament has nothing to do with your world ranking, which is the exact opposite of the old system, which was exclusively due to where you finished in tournaments. So it was kind of like we talked about around VNL earlier this summer. And I think that Tunisia benefited from not playing VNL because they were just going to play VNL, lose a bunch of matches. You don't get anything for participating. Uh, not mm-hmm. to, to joke about the Cuban spike thing, but uh, there, no, there's no thanks for participating in the world ranking points. It's every match you play, you win, you get points, you lose, you lose points. And so maybe maybe our, our buddy Ryan's got a point. Maybe Canada in Canada would have lost to Poland and because Canada right now is ranked 15th rather than 19th, they would have lost a couple of points for losing that match. It wouldn't have been anywhere near the severity of losing 12 points for losing to Turkey at 3-0. So. Yeah, that was that. That's like I think that's some of the most points we've lost like ever. Like I'm, I'm. Oh no, we lost twelve points again when we lost to Germany being the VNL. Um, so yeah, those are there's. Oh, and another thirteen when we lost to Mexico last year. But that that was like a Mickey a Mickey Mouse tournament. So it's it's kind of garbage. <laughs> but whatever. We we won't, we won't we won't talk about it. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of weird stuff about uh, the world rankings, the new way that they are. And I think I, I like that every match matters now, but I think there should be a middle ground of like Tunisia shouldn't be punished for going further in the tournament is, is my take. No, and I, I fully agree. Right. Like, I think it should be I think there should be some points allotted for where you finish in a tournament, you know, like 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 scale the system so that your your tournament finishes matter. But then also the, the results within the tournament matter, too. Yeah, so, there, there, there's got to be a way to do that. Same thing for Germany. I mean, Germany gets smoked by Slovenia twice and they lose a total of 10 points across those two losses. Yeah, that's uh that's not but i mean at the same time they also got like 8.81 points for a win over cameroon which is like really Wait, seriously yeah 8.8 <laughs> plus 8.81 for a win over cameroon whereas beating australia only oh i guess beating yeah beating, beating australia only gave them plus 4.14 all right you, you you don't all right you shouldn't be getting eight points for beating cameroon there, there's there's something going on here i don't yeah. I love that i mean australia is ranked below cameroon but still like yeah that's uh there's all we're saying here is there's, there's there's some things to be done here with the world ranking system yeah and i think with the with the seeds in this tournament the tournament format here as well there's there's definitely some things to be tweaked that we can talk about later on the show uh let's talk about the last match though Everett, that did happen uh this was yesterday italy beat cuba uh cuba did take a set but i mean italy was the better team we, this isn't all that surprising. Uh, set scores 25-21, 21-25, 26-24 in the third, and then 25-18, pretty clean for Italy in the fourth. So Italy advances. They'll take on the winner of France and Japan. This was not the cleanest match I've ever seen. Uh, the team offensive numbers are pretty rough. <laughs> uh, 263 is a team for Italy, 198 for Cuba. Italy blocked 12 balls, and in addition to that, Cuba hit the ball straight out of bounds 17 times in four sets. Cuba like they they like they had set point like they uh, in the in that uh, in that third set. Like that third set is is what killed them. They came all the way back. They 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 got the tie up at at 24 all and they just let it slip away and this is a team that's so they're so Jekyll and Hyde. They play some fantastic points, some fantastic defense. And then the next set, you'll have like a bad set that's over and just the other team is going to recycle it and, and, and kill it on you. Like they've got so much talent, but they just don't know what to do. It. But at the same time, like you've got Lopez out there only with three points in this one. He was three for 15 with six errors, right? That's some Eric Epke numbers from uh, from when they played, from when they played Italy, right? Like oh, that's no. bad. Like Simone, like Simone is only getting 12 sets in, in a four set match. He was nine for 12, like a 75% hitting percentage and, and they're not giving him the ball, right? They give so much volume to Herrera. And I mean, I get it. He, he was really good. 19 for 41 with 12 errors though. Maybe you want to spread around that offense. You know, it's like going to Hort Tim Hortons and getting a bagel and they're just going to slap on the cream cheese and all of it falls into the hole. That's like the Cuban offense right now. <laughs> that, that was a, that was a reference for every uh, Canadian who's ever been to Tim Hortons and gotten a bagel. They know exactly what I've talk I'm talking a, a about. A uniquely Canadian reference. I like that. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing that we said with Cuba's last match in pools when they lost to Japan. They're, they have so much like firepower. They have three great wings, even four, because they have three pretty good outside hitters, and they have the best middle in the world. But there's a, such a, a hard ceiling on that because of how bad their setter position is, and both with location of the ball and decision-making and how they run the offense. You've got to give Robert Landy-Simone more balls. Like, like Everett said, he went 9 for 12, but only 12 balls in four sets is not enough. This is the best middle in the world. We've seen what he can do on the club stage when you have 
well, significant difference in setter, obviously. But at the very least, I mean, whoever Cuba's setters are, I mean, Goide or Tabo, Taboada, whoever, a perfect pass, it's the easiest set that you can make. Give Simone the ball and, like, just let him do his thing. And the, the distribution was just not good. And, I mean, like you said, they – Cuba clawed back into it in that third set. It was they, they had to they had to win a point on their serve to get it to twenty four all, and they did. And then they had just a horrible set to Herrera that he couldn't hit in bounds that they lost it on. It was so yeah, they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah, for sure. Just not much defense. Serve receive is questionable. Setting is questionable, and just they just don't have the mental fortitude yet of of those international teams. Maybe might have overestimated them a little bit. Like you know, they came in blazing, not having lost a match all summer in, into this World Championships. But let's be honest, that was always against Mickey Mouse teams, and it, you know they never really really got they, they they never got challenged. Like their biggest challenge was against the USA B team back at the Norseca Final Six in Mexico earlier this year. That was the only time they went to five. Other than that, I think they lost one set all summer before this world championships. And you can tell that like, I, I really wanted, would love, would have loved to see what this Cuban team looked like if they could have pulled off that upset win against Brazil, right? Because that they were close. Like they, they, they could have done it. They were, they were knocking on the door. They had match points. What, what happens to this Cuban team and their confidence if they get that first win against Brazil? Definitely would have been a different bracket matchup too. And yeah, yeah. who knows? Uh, I'm excited to see a couple of these Cuban guys, uh, Jesus Herrera in particular, go play in Italy with actual real setters. <laughs> uh, Herrera is going to go play with Simone Gianelli this year in Perugia, and that's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, somebody talking about uh, Miguel Lopez in the chat. Not only was, like Everett said, his stat line was terrible in this match, but on the tournament, 29 kills and 24 errors. That's like 5.3% efficiency in four matches in the tournament. Yeah, just really not good overall. And I mean, hey, we were all pegging me this to be like a, a coming out party for Miguel Lopez, considering that he plays professionally in Brazil and he's not really in the eye of the volleyball world that much. Um, but just really fizzled out in this one. And there's a few times that he looked really good. Like there's one like four to four kill that he had that match that was just phenomenal. And like the same thing with the setters and, and Simone. There was a few times where there's flashes like, oh, is that the check out there? But then there's the other times it's like, oh, is that me setting when I was 16 years old out there? Like what's 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 going on? <laughs> like not even me now. Like I think I might have been able to do a better job, like not physically in terms of like blocking and serving, but I think I could set the ball better than going out there on on multiple occasions throughout this world championship. I yeah, I agree. I said the same thing early in the Discord earlier in the week. I mean, that's the thing about Cuba. That's what it takes to compete at the world championship level. You've got to be great, and you've got to do it every point, point in, point out against a team of Italy's caliber. You've just got to play clean ball consistently make the right choices and they've got the talent they've got the firepower but they don't have the, the the brain in terms of your setter and your coach i don't think they have either of those things yet that's going to put a ceiling on this team so i'm curious to see what they can do uh next year as they'll play vnl uh, they'll be a vnl team and they'll get a lot of that experience uh for better or for worse it'll be interesting to me to be to see if simone plays vnl with them right and that to me is is going to be an, an interesting factor um, because you know what, like I, I, they're going to be playing VNL. I don't think they're they have. I don't think they're going to get relegated. So, do they just go with like Asoria and Concepcion, right? Um, who's the other guy? Yeah, Alonso back. Alonso. They, they, they could survive I, without Simone and VNL. I, 
I wonder how much not having Alonzo really messed things up for them because he's always been one of their emotional leaders on the court. And he's 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 very fierce and, and and steadfast, and you could just see it on his face. So I wonder how much not having him out there, uh, opposite to Simone, uh, hurt that Cuban team. But at the end of the day, like every everyone's missing players, not n- no one's perfectly healthy, and and you got to get the job done. And Cuba just didn't. Right. Uh, let's talk about Italy. Uh, Italy twelve stuff blocks. So like ever is said a couple times throughout this tournament, throughout this season, there. I mean, pretty clearly one of the best blocking teams in the world right now. Uh, in my eyes, got, they are. In yeah. my eyes, they are. They, and the, like the stats from VNL shows shows that as well that they are the hands down the best blocking team. And that that's the way they're going to do you. They're going to serve tough, and they're going to trap you into blocking scenarios. They're going to in, in make you initiate rallies, and then they're going to get you on the block. And they're just so good with it. That's exactly right. That I couldn't have said it better. They'll they'll trap you in situations where their block can really shine through. Yeah, twelve blocks in, in four sets is a lot, especially against the team of Cuba's firepower. But their serving numbers, two aces to nineteen errors, is just not good. Uh, no. They've they've really got work to do in the serving area. And there there's a, a question that we've asked several times this summer, Everett, that I kind of want to ask again: Has the world figured out how to defend against Alessandro Micheletto? Seven for 25 attacking with three errors against Cuba in this match. I mean, we've, we've been talking this about for a while now where he's just slowly been, been, been tapering off and, and, and teetering off. And I mean, I think so. I, I definitely think he's coming into a bit of a, slough, a sophomore slump. Everyone's got more video on him. Um, and yeah, like it's just, it's just, I feel like maybe last year, especially during the European Championships, especially, you know, in their, in their, uh, their run with Trentino, it, it's always kind of been like, this kid's only 18. How much can he do? And it's always a surprise. Well, he's not a surprise anymore, right? right? He's, not, he's not coming onto the court and being like, who's this lanky guy? You know, John Sparrow knows who, who he is by now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, it, it, there's no hiding from it. So, yeah, like, I think just the things that he was doing so consistently before just are, are happening as well. I think he needs to bring in a shot or two more into his uh, arsenal just to be able to, to switch it up a, a little bit better. But he is so young and he's still got so much time ahead of him. And, you know, I, I really think the sky's the limits for this guy. Agreed. Uh, but like Italy is just not right now, not yet. Can they really lean on him to be the guy offensively? I mean, I think right now that kind of has to be Yuri Romano, but I don't really trust that that much. Uh, Romano this time, 14 for 28, six errors. I, I don't know. Like, let, let's just let's let's say Japan beats Italy or sorry, Japan beats France in that or my bad. France beats Japan, as we expect, uh, across from Italy in that bracket. I don't think this Italian team has a chance against France. No, not, I mean, not with, not with this offense. No, we saw it in the, the uh, VNL semifinals too, where like France walked all over this team. I think Italy is is a very, very good system team right? They play together very, very well, right? And the, the, once it goes back into the, the initiate rallies, they're going to block the crap out of you. And of course, they've got, they've got some good pins everywhere. Like, we're not saying that they don't have talented players. They absolutely do. You've got one of the like, top five best setters in the world, maybe even a top three, depending, depending on who you ask. But at the end of the day, they just don't have that guy. Right. There's no Zaitsev anymore. There's no Wantahena. There's no guy who's going to be like, give me the damn ball when when it comes down to it. Or like, hey, I'm going to dig us out of this hole. Just set me every single ball ball we're going to go to it. They worked work well in a system, but let's be honest, like systems break down under stress, and then you need athletes to get it through. And I just don't see that this Italian team doing it. I think they're a type of team that's going to beat every single team that's ranked under them, but they're always going to struggle to beat those teams that are that are better than them. Well said, and we'll preview the France matchup if that is what we end up seeing uh, on the next show before the quarterfinals. But, I mean, what team is better at 
initiating rallies, surviving long rallies than France. And what team doesn't have one go-to guy, but two between Patri and Ingepet, like you always have options there. So uh, yeah, Italy's probably going to struggle with that matchup unless they serve like transformationally better. And they've really got work to do in that area. Uh, people talking about Daniele Lavia in the chat though. Yep. I, I can watch that dude block all day long. I absolutely love watching him block. It's awesome. I had no idea he was such a good blocker. He's amazing. Right? Like, like he, he's so strong. He's so solid. There's so much to be said with just being good with a quiet block, right? He just goes up. He presses good. He has a good seal to the net. He takes away space. He, he's not a massive block. Like he's not reaching too high, but he's really active and solid with his hands. And just he, he was just shutting down Cuba all day long. Great with his eyes. Uh, you could, any blocker can really learn a lot from the way Lavia processes what an opposing hitter is doing with his eyes. That's really good. And I also want to shout out Fabio Belasso. I thought he was awesome. Uh, real bright spot for Italy in this match. He was just getting pegged, you know. Dude, he he, he took a couple. Oh man, it was it was so it was so frustrating to listen to those. Um, listen to the commentators like oh like how did he get that i mean like his reading of the game like he just puts himself in in, in such a good position he honestly reminds me of, of the way he reads and the way he gets himself in a position a little bit like rabenikov a lot different in terms of how he touches the ball like balasso just kind of sits in there he's a bit of a bigger body and just lets it hit him but he has just such good ball control and, and such a such a touch in the ball and it goes back to kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of vnl when we saw them practicing like italy's so quiet and everything they do their skill yes, on the ball, their skill yes. on the ball is is so 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 high, the highest I've ever seen of ever of of any team really, and it you can just tell like you have to do something so extraordinary to put them under stress. Yeah, I think that's well said, and uh, we'll see if they can survive a matchup with probably France in the next round. Uh, but like like we were talking about, you can see the bracket here, and on the other side, there's going to be two at least two very very good teams that will not play in the final four of this tournament and. We'll, we'll talk about that on Tuesday night's show for sure. But there are potentially two unbelievable second-round matches. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, potentially, well, not potentially. You've got USA, Poland on one side. If one of those teams not making it out, that sucks. Um, the other side, potentially Italy, Italy, uh, Italy, France as well. And I mean, even in that bottom bracket that you see there on your screen, a potential Brazil, Serbia, uh, Serbia um, quarterfinal too. Like that's spicy. That's that's real spicy. It's only really that that upper bracket that Slovenia kind of snuck themselves into that uh, that really sucks. Well, let's talk about those. Let's preview those. Uh, the, there are four more round of sixteen matches coming up in the next couple of days. But before we do that, Everett, tell the people about that volleyball dot store. Absolutely. If you like what you see here, this is the the spicy volleyball shirt with the the nine by nine on the back. Head over to that volleyball dot store. It's the official store uh, for merch for volleyball source spicy volleyball. The nine by nine. We got a few other uh, lines going on over there. It's a great way to support us. Um, you know, if you like what we do, you want to give us a little bit of money so we can go to more events and, and check out some more things. Uh, hit us up over on that volleyball dot store. Um, I really think that the make volleyball great period um series is is gonna <laughs> is gonna go off sometime yeah I, I love it it's a great look especially if you if, you, if you, there's a certain hat that you can get that uh i mean you, you can put the rest well, of like, the details let's, together. let's 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 just be honest let's let's you know we're not in anywhere in any way promoting or supporting that that old hat we're oh, just yeah. making fun of we're just making fun of it right we're, we're, we're just ma- we're just making fun of it 
we we make fun of a lot of things on this show and uh <laughs> in the volleyball source discord as well and we've already plugged it once but i'm going to do it again uh it's been an amazing place of discussion uh for world championships even though uh, i thought that the, the the cumulative weight of all of its pure meme energy was going to actually kill me earlier today uh but when the usa won i was i was back in love with the discord it's it's, it's a fun relationship we have a great time watching games so the link is in the description get in there uh everett there are four matches to preview and i think that you and i are in agreement that the four matches we just talked about not quite as exciting at least on paper as the four that we have coming up let's start with the two that we're going to watch tomorrow uh so tomorrow the, the two remaining matches in the round of 16 going down in slovenia the first one the seven versus ten match between the netherlands and ukraine that's 11 30 a.m eastern tomorrow so monday and then the other one the six versus 11 france versus japan at 3 p.m eastern also tomorrow two potentially very very good matches uh let's start off with netherlands versus ukraine uh what what can we expect and what's your pick namir versus platnitsky yep <laughs> that's 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 what it's going to be it's going to be uh the righty on the uh, the righty on the right side the lefty on the left side just go going toe to toe although we have seen platnitsky a little bit on the right side with this one too um to be honest like ukraine needs to be absolutely bananas from the baseline in this one Right. They need to be going off. They need to they need to somehow take out away the option of they need to do two things. They need to quell everyone else and make sure that no one else goes off on them. But they also need to make sure that Namir can't be as much as an option as he always is. Like He's always going to be an option. But if they can take away Namir, uh, whether it's from like good serving, you know, good, good rallies, whatever it may be, like, like in a free ball situation, you're going to give that ball short to, short to Namir. So he has to come up and has to take it, takes him a, 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 out, of that, out of that offense. If you can take him away a, out of those situations, maybe 10% of the time, I think you have a chance, right? But the other flip side of that is you have to shut down the other, other guys benny true twin start can't can't go off Payank in the middle can't go off it really needs to be still in the mirror who's still putting up big points big numbers but not as good as before or not as good as usual i think that's well said and the, the, the serving matchup between those two uh the two leading servers in terms of number of aces of the entire tournament so far actually the only two in double digits planitsky's got 12 12 in three matches and only nine errors that's the crazy part his his serving efficiency is is off the charts namir's got 10 but on 22 errors so he's a little more volatile but obviously those uh the potential for him to go on a run is always always there i do think that ukraine has a pretty nice matchup in the middle I think Yuri Semenyuk is a good player. And then against, let's see, Plock and Parkinson, probably for the Netherlands. Uh, Ukraine can definitely hang in there in, in that area. Uh, but the Netherlands, I can't believe I'm saying this, the, the other wings for the Netherlands are better than the other wings for Ukraine. Uh, no Dmitry Vietsky for Ukraine. So uh, they've got, we've seen two different opposites and their second outside hitter has moved around a little bit. But Ole Plotnitsky is going to have to do something special. And he can. But I think right now the Netherlands are the more well-rounded team. I'm going to pick them. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Netherlands really likes five setters. Uh, I'm going to pick that. I'm going to say Netherlands in five. Okay. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, let's be honest. The fact that Ukraine is in this position at all is is phenomenal. This is a team oh, yeah. that didn't that didn't even qualify for the tournament. They were given given this the spot due to Russia and 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 all of that stuff. So fantastic job by by the Ukraine. And I think just making it to the round sixteen is 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 fantastic. Um, you know, I did when we did our, our show the other day. I did pick them as to be the upset, but I mean, let's be honest. I, I don't. I don't really believe that. I'm picking this Netherlands all the way. Um, 
I don't think you're going to be able to shut down uh, Nimi and all of that. Uh, I'm not even going to go five. I think I think Netherlands is going to get this done in four. Okay. Uh, it'll be a really good match regardless. And even like some of the other ones that like Italy, Cuba didn't think was going to be that close. It kind of was. And like Germany took a slip from Slovenia. And I mean, obviously we saw the USA Turkey game today. So anything can happen, but uh, I'm with you. I'm going to pick the Netherlands. Oh, let's talk about France versus Japan. Uh, VNL rematch, as I recall, France, uh, I mean, France mopped the floor with Japan that time. And we've talked about Japan several, several times. Very unique style, unbelievably high skill, unbelievably high speed. But teams that are better than them understand that matchup and can out-execute them in terms of size and firepower and out-of-system attacking and all that. And France, of all teams in the world, is really just built to beat Japan at their own game. Yeah, I mean, I think this. I think this one has the potential to be a good one. I, I, I really do. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know if Japan can put enough sustained stress on on France. And to beat France, I really think that you have to really truly overpower them and 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 outplay them. Like you need to, you really need to discombobulate them, and it's so hard to do, especially because their setters are just so calm and cool and cool and relaxed. And you know, you talked about how how they have kind of two go to guys, dude. I think that team has seven go to guys. Seriously, <laughs> I, I think every every guy like like maybe even eight or nine. I think so many guys on that France France roster thinks that they're the guy. And I mean, that's just that's just how they are, and they support each other in that. Like obviously, you've got Engapeth, but you know he he's still a guy that when you're doing Grabenikov's walkout. Uh, at the VNL finals, he's he's dressing up as one of the bodyguards, right? So I think this is a team that just loves to play the villain, and uh, I think uh, I think they're going they're gunning for it in this one. I don't see Japan taking a set from France. Uh, I'm with you. To beat France, you have to make them so uncomfortable, and that's so hard to do. They're the team of all teams, especially in in the current era for sure, since they've won the last two major tournaments, and even just maybe ever. They're more comfortable in more situations than most teams that I've ever seen. And uh, I just don't know what Japan can possibly do to change that. I think one of the only ways you can beat France is if they're second outside hitter, whether it's Cleveno, Tilly, or both, or neither, or whoever, doesn't have a very good game. And so if Japan can do anything, then like Ishikawa and Nishida are going to have to relentlessly target that guy serving and maybe take him out of the match that way. That's the only way I can see it. I, I expect Bartholomew Chinese to feast in this match. I can't, feast. cannot wait to see his stat line. Feast. Absolutely feast. The reality is in this one is that Ishikawa and Nishida are going to have to have their best match of the tournament yeah. and possibly their mes- best match of the year, right? And if those two guys can come out and have a fantastic match and Sakita can run that offense m- marginally well, like France is going to get their hits. Like France is, France is, France is going to get their shots in. And it's how, how Japan can keep up, right? If Japan can keep up with them, I, I think they may have a chance. Because if, especially if you, get, if you get Nishida going back to the baseline and you're at like a 22-21 situation, if, if you're up or, up or you're down, like he can serve that set out, right? But he's really the only guy on that 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 roster that I think he can. So the, the trick for Japan is to take it point by point and stay close to this French team. Cause if they start rolling, it's done for agreed. Uh, and Nishida is really one of the scariest servers in the world. And at you're right at 22, 22, he, he can win you a game just like that, but not against France. I don't see it against France. That's the most gnarly skilled ball control team in the world right now, for sure. 
uh, maybe even more so than Italy in terms of just pure raw reception ability. Ingapet and Krabenikov, especially those two, are just on another level. And I don't see it. To you for sure. I don't see it. I I think France three zero. I really do. I honestly like. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to to match the longevity, but just the way this team plays and the way they move. I'm kind of starting to see uh, like parallels with the 2000s Brazilian teams, just with how dominant they are and how many good players they have everywhere. Like, and the level of ball control, the offense that they run, the, the attitude that they have on the court, the supreme confidence that they wa- they walk around with. Sure, I don't think, like as I said, you're not going to be able to to compete against the longevity that that was that that Brazilian dynasty. But I would absolutely love to see Brina, or you know, Giba and Dante and Ricardo. Sergio go up against uh, up against like Engapeth and uh, Brizard and and, and Grabenikov. Like, man, I think that would be a fun matchup. Like, you're talking about Lakers versus Bulls. Let's do France versus Brazil, and that I think that would be sick. It's probably the two best liberos of all time, uh, Sergio and Grabenikov. That would be. Yeah, yeah, you can't really you can't really disagree with that, right? Like, there's there's, there's been two liberos who have really like captured their generation, and you're exactly right, Sergio Grabenikov. Yeah, if only we had time machines to make those matchups happen. Uh, instead, we're going to get France versus Japan. Yeah, I've got France 3-0. Uh, I, think, I think we're going to get France versus Italy. I think France has a pretty nice path to the finals here. Yep. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, what was it? One on Wednesday. I think they have the easiest path of the, path of the finals yeah. uh, all the way. Sure, they have, like, relatively, like, they have uh, somewhat hard quarter for, or round of 16 on paper a pretty hard quarterfinal but i think they just match up with with everyone so well and then playing either slovenia netherlands or ukraine like that's a like, easy let's let's run the bench on that one rest them up for the finals you know yeah, seriously <laughs> uh all right so that's that side of the bracket both those matches uh, netherlands versus ukraine and france versus japan going down tomorrow uh and on the other side of the bracket these matches going down in poland on tuesday uh the first one actually a, a really fun one everett brazil versus iran the five versus the 12 and if you're american or watch the ncaa basketball tournament ever you know that the five versus a 12 seed is an almost guaranteed upset at least a couple times a year. So could we see it here? Uh, could we get the 12 seed Iran winning this match? Do you think that's possible? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, because A, this, this Iranian team is, is good, right? There's yeah. no doubt about it. They, they, they've, got, they've got some guys on their roster. Two, they, this is a very emotional Iranian team. Like they love playing in big situations. Go back to beating Poland in Poland during during the VNL. That was a big one. So yeah, I think if there's 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 one team that can kind of match just Brazil's superiority right now, like I I, I definitely think it's it's Iran. I think this is going to be a good first round matchup. I think Iran, I think Iran's actually going to win the first set. Like like I think they come out and throw just throw a haymaker and then whatever happens that happens after that. But I think Brazil is going to win either three one or three two. Um, I want to see a three two matchup just because Iran, you know, similar to the Netherlands, has been going to those the three two matchups quite a bit <laughs> yeah, um, through through this tournament. But uh, yeah, I think this one's going to be a bit of a fist fight. Um, Iran or Brazil hasn't really seen anything uh, from from anyone since uh, having played Cuba. Like they walked all over um, Japan and whoever else they played in their pool. I can't even remember. It doesn't even matter. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm going to be interested to see how they, how they go up against this, this Brazilian team. Uh, Everett, would you believe that Milad Ibadapur is seventh in the entire tournament in scoring right now? 
No, I wouldn't. That's that's that, a, that's a surprise to me. That's definitely news to me. That is the case, and uh, which is very different than the Iranian team we saw in VNL this summer. And we talked yeah. about it. Uh, we we saw the the just explosion out of nowhere of the big lefty on the right side, Amin. And then we also talked about the last week or two uh, after, um, like Argentina, the Argentina match and the Netherlands match, that the teams now have film on Amin and they have figured him out. The one player for Iran who has been there before at the elite international level uh, and is kind of the link between the two generations for Iran is Milad Abadapur. And honestly, I think he, of a player of his type, is the one thing that Brazil is missing right now. And I think that if Brazil, I think that if Iran has a chance to beat this Brazilian team, Milad's got to play his game. And I think he can. I think there, there's a level of intelligence there that definitely increases Iran's average level because as somebody in the chat, uh, made the point the other day, uh, they're the best dumb team in the world. And I think that Brazil is on their way of, of uh, they're on the downward trend of formerly being one of the great smart teams in the world. Still a smart team, but they're not as good of a smart team anymore as they used to be. Uh, can those two meet in the middle? And uh, maybe Iran can get that one done. I'm not sure. I just don't think that Brazil brings the athleticism to the table and the, the physicality that, that they used to, uh, right? And especially against an emotional team like Iran, you're going to need that. And I 100% agree. If Abadapur is putting up these kind of numbers, then he needs to be the guy. But then also you need to get another guy going, right? right. You need you need the opposite pins to, to, to be going off. Sharifi, or no, sorry, not, is it Sharifi? Yeah, yeah, Sharifi, Sharifi is, is one of their other outside hitters. It's him or Esfandiar, and Sharifi's yeah. been better this tournament. Yeah, so I, honestly, I think at that point you bring in Sharifi because, in my opinion, he's a better passer than Esfandiar uh, as well. So you bring him to play that P2 role. He's going to be fiery. Like I think he brings like a little bit of fire and like oomph to, to that Iranian roster. But at the same time, Amin, it needs to be going, right? And maybe you, maybe maybe part of the reason why Milad is having such an easier time is because after VNL, so many teams are setting up to play against Amin, and that's what's shutting him down, and it's opening things up for Milad. Whereas, you know, Brazil is going to have done their, their video based off the three teams, three matches from this tournament, and are probably going to be keying in on Milad as well, just be, also because they know him so much better from, from all the years against playing, uh, playing against this uh, Iranian team. So for me, Milad needs to get his but Amin needs to have the best match of his tournament so far totally agree and I think their their setter their new setter's name Vadi he needs to distribute the ball a little bit better a little bit more evenly and in a more timely way a kind of a much less extreme version of the same problem for Cuba I think his decision making hasn't been all that good this tournament and he needs to find the right times uh, to let Milad's experience score points for him but also keep Amin as hot as he can and uh, yeah I think that's the balance and we know that Brazil uh, they're they're kind of a fragile team right now I hope that they start Kachopa I think we've learned uh, throughout pool play that he is, is the correct choice at the setter position but past that, that they basically got seven guys and if you have to go to the bench you're 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 in rough shape if you're Brazil. Uh, their outside hitter position after Lucarelli and Leal, a uh, big drop off there. Middle blocker position after Flavio and Lucas, huge drop off there with the injuries. Opposite after Wallace, big drop off there. So uh, I think if Iran can get one of those guys subbed off, they honestly have got a chance. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to get one of those guys subbed off just because of the reasons you said. Like, it's either you keep them on or you go go to a bench that's just nowhere near as deep. Maybe <laughs> right. you can bring in Darlin Souza to, to do some stuff for, for Wallace on the, on the right side, but you know, definitely on the left side, they're, they're struggling a bit and, and, and down the middle as well, but hundred percent this to me, this is Kachopa's team right now. 
And there's no way, like if they start Bruno in this one, that's that's a red flag for me for Brazil. I agree. Totally agree. Uh, so what's your pick? Are you going to pick Brazil 3-2? No, I'm picking Brazil 3-1. Okay. Uh, do I want to pick the upset here? Uh, no, I'm going to go with Brazil, and I'm going to go with uh, five. Brazil 3-2. Uh, I think this Iranian team has five sets written all over in this tournament. Okay, sounds good. Okay, last but not least, on that same side of the bracket, uh, a, a pretty spicy one. Uh, Serbia versus Argentina. Serbia, the four seed, had a comically easy pool. Uh, Argentina, the 13 seed, had one of the most chaotic pools we've ever seen at this tournament. Uh, that's Tuesday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. And I called it the other day. I'm going to stick by it. I think Argentina wins this match. I think this, this has serious upset potential. The more I think about it, the more I think so, too. Just because, like as you said, Serbia's kind of had a cakewalk through this tournament. Like they haven't been punched in the mouth once, whereas Argentina has been repeatedly punched and repeatedly beat up. Like they are battered and bruised, but they're, you know, they're also weathered. Like they know what to expect. And like, you know, they even went to five against, against Egypt, right? They went to one to five in all three of, of, of their matches. So let's just call it, they're going to go to five again in, in this one. But I don't know if Serbia has what it takes to really like, like, Serbia doesn't have the go-to right side and the, the over-dominating power. Like they're good everywhere and, the, and they're powerful every everywhere. But I think that Argentina's skill level is going to be able to 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 to, to play with them. I, I really think so. And if you can get Dechecko setting a good game, Conte going off, Lima going off, I think it's going to be interesting. And let's be honest, like if there's one team that is going to crumble, crumble, I think, when there's pressure put onto them, I think it's Serbia. I think you made a great point that Serbia hasn't really seen that pressure so far this tournament. Their pool was so easy that they just didn't really have to face up against any challenges. And Argentina, like you said, quite the opposite. I still am not convinced by this Argentina team for all the reasons that we've said in the last couple shows. They're, they've really, really struggled to score points on serve this tournament, and they've served the ball horribly. They've made way too many service errors. So yeah, I think Bruno Lima needs to be great. I think Facundo Conte needs to be great. And the guys have just got to serve the ball in the court. But if that happens, uh, I think there's a real chance that Argentina can keep the ball alive for long enough to really score some points against this Serbian team. 100%. Also, Danani needs to be yeah. uh, lights out, right? Yeah, he needs to, he, against this the Serbian team, I think that there's nothing more that depletes them than a big dig. And if Danani can get a big dig on like an Antanasievich early, you know, maybe one of the, the big dig just off a straight up quick in the middle where he just scoops Lisniacher or Podraskin in right off the bat, I think that can be, be a huge momentum swing for, for this Argentinian team. And that's what I think. It's going to be two emotional teams, yeah. two teams that, that, rely on their skill and their physicality and their athleticism they're not neither of them are really true like systematic teams so i think this is one is going to be an emotional one it's going to be fun to watch yeah i wouldn't say that denani has had the best summer i no, I, I don't I think agree. he was that good in vnl i don't know if he's been that good this tournament i think he's done a little bit too much talking and not enough playing uh but if if, if argentina's got a chance i'm right there with you if he digs a couple balls uh could be huge and especially dependent on the moment yeah, it's been a while for this Serbian team. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, they they were a, always a tournament threat, but that was five, six years ago or so that the world kind of feared this Serbian team. They've been disappointing since. So maybe it's been long enough since they've been in a moment like this that Argentina can steal one. Yeah, I mean, regardless, I think that whichever team comes out of this goes up against Brazil in the next round pro- probably is, 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 is probably going to be... Di- die but i mean hey i think argentina has something to prove in this one and i think i think they're gonna they're gonna truly go for it 
Yeah, I mean, it would it would be kind of a disappointing round of sixteen if there were zero upsets. Uh, we we almost had the the Turkey over USA one today. Other than that, there hasn't really been much of a threat of an upset. So I think I just kind of want to pick Argentina, and I'm going to do it in five again because uh, got to stick with the pattern at this point. Yeah, hundred percent. And plus, the rankings on this one is is really skewed, right? Just based off of these pools. Like Argentina is yeah. not the thirteenth best team. Serbia is not the fourth best team. They're much closer to to, to somewhere in the middle, and I, I think that's be good. Real quick, I'm just gonna do a quick call out to all of our fans out there. We have like ninety plus people watching. We have over three like three hundred fifty people have tuned in, and we only have thirteen likes on this video. So if you want to support us, and you don't want to like go to thatvolleyballstore.com, you don't want to you know buy go bet with BetUS. Just give us a like on the video. Share it to a friend, you know, give us some support. It, it would, we would appreciate it and it would help us out a lot. And if you're not subscribed to this channel, uh, what are you doing? Like we, we, we say it all the time that this is the level of coverage that this tournament deserves that volleyball world themselves even won't, won't even do even more. Yeah. Right? They should be doing one. Of, they should be doing one of these courtside literally every day and they're not. And they should be doing like they should have two studios, one in Poland, one in Slovenia, and they're just they're just going to go back and forth between the two studios. Like, I, like seriously, I've seen junior hockey tournaments covered better than this. Like for for teenagers, like, like why why is this the level we get for the World Damn Championships? It's so frustrating. Well, we're doing what we can at Volleyball Source, and we appreciate your support. So Everett's right. Our, our viewership numbers have been phenomenal. And yeah, already uh, 10 more people have liked the video since uh, since you asked them to. So continue to do that. Uh, it helps our videos reach more people, get uh, get more coverage, get more people following the tournament the way that we think they should be. Yeah. I mean, we can start it like to traditional YouTubers. Be like, what's up, guys? Smash that like button if you want to see what's next. Or, you know, you guys could just do it, do it, do it because you love us. <laughs> I'm glad you stopped that. Uh, otherwise, I might have had to mute you again. <laughs> that 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 would be fun, eh? So uh, before we wrap up, uh, I mean, it's been kind of a shorter show. We haven't had quite as much to talk about. And we'll be back on Tuesday after these next four matches. Uh, you got, got any takes, Everett, just kind of on the tournament so far? Overall? Let's open it up a little bit. Overall, I think it's kind of been a bit of a lackluster a tournament. Like, other than the Bulgaria versus Mexico match, um, like I, I think that would be massive. Like I think that was huge, but I was really hoping for for some just some more drama. Not not too much drama yet, and and, and I'd like to see more. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's been a very pedestrian tournament so far. Let's say is, is, is that fair? Like I think that's fair. Yeah, like we talked about it a little on on the show the other day, but I think. I think it's going by too quickly. I don't like the way that the seeds ended up, especially because the pool play phase was so short. And then it, because every team was only playing three matches in pools, the tiebreakers all became so crazy close because the sample size wasn't that high. I, mm -hmm. I, you made the suggestion the other day that I liked and say, do four pools of six instead of six pools of four, but then do the same thing, like go right to a bracket of 16 after that, but lengthen the tournament a little bit. Uh, I think that would help, and I just need more coverage. I need them to do more coverage. I need them to treat this like it's the biggest tournament that they run, they being Volleyball World and the FIVB, because it is. This is the second most prestigious thing that you can win in volleyball behind only the Olympics. And for events that the FIVB and Volleyball World directly produce, this is it. And I just don't, like, I just don't feel that. I feel like I felt more effort from them for VNL this year. 
I mean, you're not wrong, right? Like they have a VNL like Instagram account, but they don't have a world championships Instagram, yeah, Instagram account. Ridiculous. Like it's, it's like, maybe they just need like an FIVB or like volleyball world men's indoor and a, and a volleyball world women's indoor. Like, you know, they have the, the beach one, but yeah, like it's just overall frustrating. Like the level of commentary. I mean, we don't need to keep oh, talk about it is, 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 I actually do need to talk about that a little bit is, is, well, I mean, is, is, it's uniquely subpar. Like just watching, being like the listening to the commentary, just be like, "Well, you know, no one in the volleyball world would have thought that Cuba and Italy would have have given such a good game." And it was like, "No, you idiot! Anyone in the volleyball world could have told you that Cuba and Italy were was going to give a good game. Literally, anyone in the volleyball world could have told me like all of those Cuba's players are going to play in the best league in the world next year." And you're telling me it wouldn't be a good one, like. Like just, just like take your head out of your ass. Do a little bit of research. Watch maybe one of our or two of our shows. Like big shout out to the the commentator for the Pan Am Cup and Gatineau. He was prepping for games. I'd walk by him. And he's literally watching like volleyball source content and our shows to to get to get ready for these games. And I'd be like, hey, let's just take out the middleman. Hire me instead. But like, right. just do a little bit of research, guys. Please please and let's stop let's please stop being like oh you know that was a fantastic volleyball match not not give anything to add like it's so frustrating so frustrating and i'm i'm totally with you i, I think that uh dave rogers and clayton lucas are in poland i think they've done a better job but the guys in slovenia quite frankly terrible uh, and not even close to what this tournament deserves it's you're right do research talk you have to just know things basic things about the game of volleyball itself and the, what's going on in the world of volleyball you need to know who these players are you need to know some of these storylines you need to know things about like why this world championship matters and these people just don't know anything they treat a, 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 a given match like it's just a match in a vacuum and they talk about that only and nothing else and oh my god i can't sit here anymore and listen to people just butcher names I can't listen to it anymore. I, I can't listen to people pronounce it Stephen Boyer when he's a Frenchman who it is clearly pronounced Stéphane Boyer. And I don't speak French. That, that language has been hard for me. But that I was put pretty a, good. That was pretty good pronunciation. I like that. Thank you. Know? you. I, I've put a lot of work into learning how to pronounce things in different languages. Turkish gave me trouble for a long time. But I did research. I did one Google search and I figured it out. Do some Google searches. Give these players some respect. God, I, I, I can't listen to it anymore. It's so frustrating because, yeah, you could either do a couple Google searches or watch this show and you would learn everything you need to know to make your coverage better. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it, it is truly embarrassing, but it just comes down to it's just this is why the vo Make Volleyball Great series exists, because the people who run volleyball don't believe in volleyball. They don't they don't understand it. Their view and is I've heard this so much from so many people. It's like, oh, well, we know the volleyball fans are going to be there. We know they're going to show up. We know they're going to watch. And then at the end of the tournament, it's just like, well, where were all the volleyball fans? Why didn't they show up? Well, maybe because we have an apathetic fan base that has never been catered to. When you watch a when you watch a, a match, it's be like the libero is the player with the opposite color jersey, and he passes the ball. Like that's the level of commentary that, that we get. Or we get guys who just laugh because they don't have no clue what's what's going on. They, the laughing. Like they, they, they just they just watch and, and react like it's a soccer game. Like, oh, wonderful, stupendous, what drama. 
Like, no, like, let's, let's, let's get in there. Let's get nitty gritty. Let's know the players. Let's tell stories. Let's tell the story of the game. And the guys who are doing that just, just can't do it. it let's it, let's it, know the rules bad. too, please. Uh, oh know, know the rules, uh, know the format of the tournament. Don't talk to Ben Josephson and, and after going down two sets in a match that he has to win saying, oh yeah, you guys are already through the next round. This is just for seeding. What, what is, what is that? How does that affect your outlook on the match? And, he, and get corrected by the coach saying, uh, no, that's incorrect. We need to win this set or we're going home. Be better than that. Know what a back row attack is. Know that the libero can't overhand set in front of the three-meter line. Know the difference between – oh, my God. My favorite My favorite moments, too, and when there's a specific – there's a specific, you know – um, let's say the specific color person who's supposed to be like the volleyball expert. And then you have the, the English guy when like, Oh, you know, this player and this player, you know, we're expecting a big matchup. And the color guy just goes, yeah, yeah, that I've heard. Yeah. So many times from the one color guy that we have, we won't, we're, we're not going to mention his name, but still, it's just like, bro, add some context, add absolutely anything. Like, at least you've got a volleyball person there who's sort of describing what's happening, but it's at like a very basic level. You know, it's like, like it's at a level that like, if I was sitting in the stands with like one of my like 15 U teams and being like, see, he hit over top of the block and he went into the back corner. That was a really nice shot. Like that's, that's, that's all it is all day long. So frustrating. <sighs> We've got to be better. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I don't really see it getting all that. That much better i mean uh, we'll see who who gets the call to do the finals when it gets to poland for the final four i hope that that's ever so slightly better but yeah especially the guys that have been in slovenia those matches have been rough to listen to rough yeah. especially when you and i are sitting on the other side of the world just waiting to get asked to do that tournament yikes uh, yeah, yeah. It, and like we would we would like not only just do games but we would do so much more for them oh. like they, they 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 they're missing out finn taylor once you want some actual professionalism and once you want to actually grow the game uh to your audience you like you guys have this big deal with the cvc and you guys want to do something with them let us know we'll, we'll give you a hand because clearly it's not working for you guys Our instagrams are on the screen clearly <laughs> it's not working for you guys. Uh, uh enough complaining um there are there are good matches still to be played in the world championship it's Tons. still it's still the second biggest tournament in the on the planet uh, it still only happens once every and four like, years there's still a lot of drama yes they are and the, the, best, the best matches, like, like this is like with the, the, the next four quarter or round of 16s, all the quarterfinals minus one. And even that one's still, still going to be a good one, good one to watch. Right. Like and the semifinals, like this is this is this is the, the shifting point from the shitty matches to the good, the best matches of the tournament. That's exactly right. And so once again, tomorrow in Slovenia, Ukraine versus Netherlands, France versus Japan. Uh, tomorrow being Monday, then Tuesday, you got Brazil versus Iran and Argentina versus Serbia. Those are four really, really good matches. And I do hope that the tournament kind of goes up a notch from this point forward. And I think that it will. And we'll be back on Tuesday night here on this very show to break down those four matches and then preview the quarterfinals because you're right, Everett. Uh, it's been it's been a little bit of a lackluster tournament. I think pool play left a lot to be desired, but uh, we're going to turn up the heat on this world championships a little bit. And I think yeah. uh, in, in a couple of days on Tuesday, when we come back, we're, we're going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah. I just don't think there's enough good, good teams to have six pools of four, like the way we did. Right. I, I, I like the, the four pools of six because you get some spicy matchups in the first round. You, you get some, you get some interesting stuff and you know what, like looking at some more, so many of these pools, it was just like, okay, this is one, two, three, four. Oh, like yeah. Every single pool had like a definitive, this is the fourth place team, maybe except for pool E, uh, the Canada's pool with, with Turkey, Canada and China, obviously China turned out being like the, one of the worst teams, like, 
like they didn't even get a cookie because they could, because they shouldn't have been participating. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like other than that, like every single one was just like, you know, who, who's going to lose. And I kind of want some drama in it. And there was very little drama. There's been, there's been very little drama, some pretty good volleyball, very little drama. Yeah. Uh, and I, I could have done without even a little bit of the USA drama earlier today, because that might've taken a year off my life, but uh, here I am here. The U S is uh, in the quarterfinals. We'll talk about that match on Tuesday. So yeah, enjoy the matches the next couple of days. Join the Discord. We'll be talking about all of them. The Discord link is in the description. Ever anything else uh, before we send the people off until Tuesday? No, go support us at thatvolleyball.store. If you haven't already, please give us a like on this video. Uh, as Rob said, our next show is going to be live Tuesday. Are we going to go 7.30 p.m. again, again on Tuesday? Sure. Yeah, the usual. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. We'll go. We'll go normal uh, nine by nine time, seven thirty p.m. on uh, Tuesday. And guys, this is a big week. We're doing three shows this week: one on Tuesday, one on Thursday, one on one on Sunday. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you come uh, support. And uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Check out the Discord. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Have a good weekend, people. See you Tuesday. Peace.